There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivian.com. Tracy.com and it's sex talk S-E-X-T-O-K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website. Listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi Tracy, how are you? I'm fine, except I do apologize in advance. It sounds like I'm podcasting from a war zone because I've got people digging up the road outside and drilling upstairs. So just pretend I'm some sort of really impressive war correspondent or something as you're listening to this. Hopefully you won't hear it. <laughs> we'll pretend you're doing this from yeah the battlefield. Maybe it's just <laughs> my middle-aged hearing or something, but I can't hear a thing. So, you know, between the two of us, it'll be fine. Yeah, I think if we keep talking and have no pauses, we can talk over it, which should be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening, Tracy and I both happen to have blow dried our hair today, and you'll have to check us out on TikTok because this <laughs> is the first time I've blow dried my hair all summer. So there you go. Anyway, yeah, and it looks really good, by the way. So does yours. Absolutely. Yours look great too. Oh, thank you. Okay. Okay. We've got three great questions and a sex mm-hmm. tip today, per usual. So I'll just jump right in. You ready, Tracy? Yep, I am. And just a reminder that these are anonymously sourced questions that come in through our website, sextalkpod.com, and you can add your own comments and questions there as well. But these are not about me and they're not about Tracy. They're from all of you. Although actually somebody I know just emailed me and said with a wink, you answered my question on your sex talk show. And I was like, oh my gosh, which question was it? And then I was like, I don't want to know. Oh my that's really funny. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Isn't it? Do you know what? Even funnier, one of the questions that we answered on our podcast, I saw virtually exactly the same question in a magazine. I thought, mm, I think somebody might have been listening and maybe got inspiration. Let's Ooh. put it that way. Or the, person, or the person is writing in everywhere they can in complete dust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could be that. Could be that. Could be yes. that. Yeah. Okay, here's Good question point. number one. I just recently started finding interest in porn, but I'm not really finding anything female-friendly. It's very male-driven and just gross and angry, not to mention way too unrealistic. I've tried watching a couple of videos, but they just make me want to shower afterwards because they are just awful. Do you have any suggestions for female-friendly porn sites that won't make me feel dirty after I watch them? Yes, in a word, I do. And you aren't the only person who feels like that after watching some porn. Some women don't mind it, but lots I get lots of these letters. And because of this, there are so many female-friendly porn sites out there, you know, that were never around in about... I mean, this is the relatively new thing. Ten years ago, there, there wasn't porn being made by women. 
But I would say, really, as a guide for anyone who doesn't really like mainstream porn, don't forget, number one, about the erotic film classics. And I'm talking about things like Basic Instinct. Do you remember that? With that of course, yes. Henry and June, Anais Nin. I never know how to say Anais. Oh, it's a beautiful film. The Girl on Girl. The Secretary for Spanking at S&M with James Spader and Maggie Glickenhall, whatever you say her last name. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant film. Eyes Wide Shut for Voyeurism with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Dreadful movie, but did have some pretty good scenes about that. Fifty Shades, if you like power games, of course. Nine and a half weeks for the food scenes and that scene with the ice cube, which is such a great film. So, but when you look back on that film, it's like, whoa, that was really toxic relationship. And it was. I haven't it? seen that. Haven't you? Oh, my God, you must. Some other slightly arty, sexy classics were Emmanuel, the story of O, which is absolutely brilliant, Betty Blue, a bit of an indie, arty one, Wild Orchid, and, of course, Lady Shuttley's Lover. And if you like erotic fiction, because that's the other thing that turns a lot of women on, try the erotic review if you just want some top-notch turn-on porn that's online, and they refresh it all the time, as well as there are a million erotic great books out there as well. Also, in my travels... I found this brilliant app while I was researching all this. God knows it. I mean, if ever my computer gets seized in a crime scene or something, they're just going to think, what the hell does this woman do? <laughs> really, really. But then they'll start listening and reading all your books. It'll be great. <laughs> well, I hope it gets me off things if they if they do. Anyway, not that I've been doing anything dodgy. But um, anyway, there's a filmmaker called Erica Lust. She's Swedish. She's very, very PC. And she has come up with this app called X Confessions. It's free. You download it with your partner, and it is hundreds and hundreds of fantasies, right? So what you do is you both have it downloaded. You swipe right to like and left if you don't like it. Sound familiar? And you both do this, and when you get a match, it gets put into a bank, and then you use that as inspiration for role play or what you'd like to try in bed. And I thought, what a brilliant idea. It's a great idea. Yeah, it is a fantastic idea. So X Confessions Act, just with letter X and confessions. Going back to porn, now, right, so here we go into the properly feminist, female-friendly porn sites. There's one called Make Love Not Porn. How about that? This is an, a UK woman called Cindy Gallup who says, and I love her slogan, she says she's pro-porn, pro-sex, and pro-knowing the difference. And she really does. There's real actors, sorry, real couples, not actors, which makes a difference. Sometimes... I find that a bit weird, but lots of people like it. Now, you'll find it. She did a great TED Talk as well on Cindy Gallup, her name is. And you'll find that on makelovenotporn.tv. Erica Lust also does something called Lust Cinema, which is very professional-looking porn without the misogyny. Kink.com is really good, does lots of BDSM fetishes and other kinks if you're that way inclined. And don't discount things like Pornhub or, or YouPorn because... If you go into the lesbian sections, you'll find some some quite okay things. And also lots of straight women watch gay porn, gay men porn, because the men are better looking and the sex seems a lot more realistic. I know, it's a thing. Now, Frolic Me, which is Frolic Me, is as it's spelled, as it sounds, I mean, this is another great site for women. It has erotic fiction and porn and audio porn, so it's really good. And there's something called Joy Bear, right, which is... Build is very British, very naughty, and it is very good. 
Now, it's won loads and loads of awards. It's filming and styling are just amazing. But it, everyone's very attractive, I have to warn you. So you have to watch it on very high self-esteem days. But <laughs> that is really worth checking out. And don't forget audio porn, because women are big readers. We've got big imaginations, and we like casting our own characters. So, again, try Frolic Me. Girl on the Net is really good as well. And Dipsy is another one that's really good. So lots to go on there. Wow, that that is amazing. I feel like we need to. You should put those as an article, and moms don't have time to write. Like that was even the even the movies yeah. alone. That was a great list. I will, I, and we'll put it. It's always going to be the the little summary of all this will always be on Medium, and moms don't have time to have write under sex. Oh, perfect. And uh, yeah, and I'll make sure that they're all in. I'll make sure all the names that we've mentioned are in there as a little list. I was looking at the statistics for all the moms no time to write stories last night. By the way, and yours hmm. are like off the charts. Yeah, you have a lot of. I just look at the wrong page. (laughs) I go in and I go, oh, no one's reading it. Then I come out. No, no, no. People are reading it. People are reading it. It looks great. Oh, good. Thank you. Funny random story, not sex related at all. But one of the resources you recommended was something TV. Which one was that? Something. Anyway, it was something TV, and in. 1999, I worked at this company in Pasadena called Ideal Lab, and the founder was this crazy genius, Bill Gross, and he was like, I bet people are going to want different extensions aside from .com. So he found .tv, and it was owned by this random small, I shouldn't say random, this tiny country called Tuvalu. So he flew oh, down there, really? and he brought wow. in all the leaders of this, like, of this country, Tuvalu, and he bought all the extensions from them. And now look at this. It's like, what, 22 years later, and here I am, and you're like, da-da-da, dot TV. It's just very funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's bizarre, isn't it? How do people have the foresight to think about stuff like that? Right? He was so ahead of everything. So ahead. Okay. Question number two. My previous girlfriend used to have G-spot orgasms easily, but my new partner isn't convinced they are possible because she doesn't believe the G-spot exists. Does it? I used to quite enjoy watching my girlfriend experience one. It seemed much more intense. I can tell, by the way, which ones are coming from the UK and which are the, you know, I love these. Can't you tell this? this Yeah, I can too. Yeah, the language that they use as well. So you're saying this one's UK, right? I think so, right? Yeah, I would say so I used to quite enjoy watching my girlfriend. Yeah, (laughs) the way it's quite and things like that. Yeah, you can tell. You can can really. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, the G-spot is such an interesting topic. And the thing is, they never, the answer to was, does the G-spot really exist is there never really was a G-spot in the first place because it 
Back in the 1950s, it was a German gynecologist called Ernst Grafenberg, right? Now, what he actually said, and I'm going to quote this, he said there was an erotic zone that could always be demonstrated on the anterior wall of the vagina along the course of the urethra, right? He didn't ever say there's a tiny little spot where if you press it, it's the magic elevator to orgasms. He never even called it the G-spot. So there never really was a G-spot. Where it got its nickname was when Dr. John Perry and Dr. Beverly Whipple did a very, very famous study with of only 29 women, and then they nicknamed it the G-spot. And then all of a sudden, it got picked up by all the women's magazines because it was so catchy. And uh, I mean, I was working at Cosmo at the time, and every heading had G-spot in it, and everybody was going wild over the G-spot. And ever since then, it's been really divisive because women feel a lot of pressure to have this G-spot orgasm or find their G-spot, not so much now, but back then particularly. And men feel pressure like, well, you know, I should be able to find it if you can't, honey. And so all of this goes on. And, you know, and I think it, he never did say it was a spot. He never did. He said that whole area. And this is significant. Now, there was a study in 2012 by a team of urologists, they, they looked at 60 years of research on the G-spot, and their summation was that it definitely did not exist. They looked at vaginal tissue biopsies, nerve studies, ultrasounds, right, everything. And they said there was absolutely nothing to prove an anatomical structure on the front vaginal wall. And they also did, I remember now, they did a study on corpses where they cut them open and looked to see whether they could find a G-spot, and of course there was nothing. But then that makes sense because... The G-spot only becomes obvious when you're aroused. So everybody said, well, that doesn't count. They're dead. So how on earth would you see a a spot that's based on arousal? And also an MRI study, they actually put women in MRIs and do experiments on them and then look at the brain activity. Wait, stop. Do they arouse the women? What, someone's like going down on the women in an MRI machine or something? No, no, not necessarily. Not going down (laughs) on the women. (laughs) Usually using vibrators. Do you know, I went to... A lecture by this Dutch guy. I can't remember his name, but he's the guy who did all these MRI studies because, and he was saying how difficult it is because A, you have to find a hospital that will let sex research happen. B, they're busy during the day. So you have to get these poor women volunteers in there in the middle of the bloody night half the time. Oh my God. These MRIs, usually with a partner stimulating them. So it's so difficult. But this was the guy, the guy that I went to see, I can't remember his name, and he was the one that uh, discovered that. The brain during orgasm on women shuts down rather than lights up, but it shuts down because we're going into this extreme pleasure and we shut off all parts of our brain to experience it more. So fascinating research. Anyway, this research, the MRI research, showed that when you stimulate that area, there was brain activity, increased brain arousal activity. And we also know that stimulation of the urethra is very arousing on some women. So there's obviously something there. But I think the general conclusion is we should be really calling it a G area or a G zone would probably be a lot more realistic than the G spot. But what is probably very even more so important is that tons of women find it so uncomfortable and so weird that they really hate it. It's a bit of the Marmite one. Women who love it, absolutely love it. Women who hate it, absolutely hate it. And it's all because when you get stimulated, it feels like you're really going to wee. If you can get past that, you get a really 
slightly strange orgasm, I think, but very intense. But if you can't get past that, you're sort of stuck in this really uncomfortable zone. So I think that it is, it's one of those things that you'll, I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried to find yours, Zibby, dare I ask. I'm not even looking at her on the screen as I'm asking this highly personal question. She's not going to answer. But if you do want to have a look, you lie on your back, put your knees up, put a pillow under your bottom, use lots of lube, and then just use the top two, the, your sort of first and second finger and feel along the roof of the vagina, which is the bit under your tummy. And feel if you can, about one to three inches in, look for something that's spongy, ridged or sensitive, like a a big sort of area and, and see whether you get anything from that. Going back to the original question, the way the guys worded this question, Zibi, makes me wonder whether the girl, the new girlfriend, is a bit annoyed about being compared to the ex more than doesn't believe the G-spot existed. Now I'm hoping that what he actually said was, have you ever had a G-spot orgasm? Because I've heard they're really great rather than, have you ever had a G-spot orgasm? Because my ex used to have them and I used to love watching her. So it might be a little bit of that. But women do feel really put upon by men who say, oh, yeah, my girlfriend used to have one. I don't think I would like that because it would feel no, like that would if be I hadn't had one. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to know about, this is like you've said this no. in the past, you don't want to know the intimate details of people with their previous partners. No, you oh really, really don't. And especially something where, A, they don't even know whether it exists. B, some people say even if it does, only certain women have it. C, you probably have tried it, didn't like it. It's, it's kind of this, well, what are you saying? There's something wrong with me because I haven't had this G-spot orgasm. So anyway, I'm sure he's not meaning this. And the question was quite gently written. But yeah, I think if once you've mentioned it, leave well alone now you? we might just tell him okay sir maybe your girlfriend is about to leave you as a result of this line of inquiry so watch <laughs> out with how you talk to her <laughs> might be might be you don't i mean you probably probably there listening to this and thinking oh my god as if i'd say that i did say to her you know do you want to explore it so yeah, yeah. let's hope that's the case but yeah we any any comparison with exes with sex is never a good idea even if it's a good comparison like you're so much better than my ex I no 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 right off either. the table no this yeah. is never a good idea oh my gosh no, i'm like horrified at the not. prospect of bad enough just to know anyway whatever okay all right question number three i always seem to end up with men who are a really bad match for me sexually is there a way to find your perfect sex match before you jump into bed with them what should i be looking for if i want someone who is quite sensual and erotic and likes to take things slowly well my first piece of advice for this is you take it slowly because if you rush to jump in bed with somebody of course you have no idea of what they're like but really if you wait and you have some conversations about sex together a bit of flirty conversations you can generally gauge and get the gist of what somebody's into and there are so many clues about what somebody's going to be like in bed before you get in bed with them there are things the way they eat the way they hold hands the way they dance the way they kiss you know all of these things are symbolic of how we are in bed if you think about it like your lovers you know, the people that we know really well end up, very few people are in bed, sorry, let me try that again. Very few people in bed have a different personality when they're out of bed. So you can, so I think this person is probably just rushing in there a bit too early. So the sort of clues that you should be looking for, I think, for somebody who's sensual and erotic. I'm never dancing in front of you again. <laughs> Not that I have, but from now on, you're going to be like evaluating. Does it work for both ways? Does it work both ways, men and women? Yes, it can, but we've already both said that we're completely self-conscious when we dance. Well, I don't know. I am self-conscious. I think I've said I am self-conscious. I bet you're a good dancer. Are you a good dancer? 
I don't know. No? I mean, no. Yes. When people say I don't know, it means no. I mean, a good <laughs> dancer. No, I'm like no, because I think the more self conscious you are, the the less good you are, right? Yes. Right. So. Absolutely. But anyway, all right. So things like yeah, dancing, kissing, the way you hold hands is everything. But sensual and erotic, I would be looking for patience, number one, because I think there's fast people and there's slow people. And I think that fast people might make quite dynamic lovers, but I don't know whether they're going to make sensual erotic lovers. You need somebody who's slow and smells of roses as they're going along. Another thing with sensual erotic people is they tend to be kinesthetic, as in they go through life judging life on how, how it, things feel. So they'll often have things like very touchable furnishings, like, you know, textured fabrics and clothes that invite you to touch them. And they'll, you know, or they'll touch you and say, oh, that feels lovely. So people who are like that tend to be more sensual. Also, people who are really erotic and and kind of pride themselves on it, well, often they won't hide it. They're the people who literally do have the Kama Sutra etchings on the wall (laughs) or some, you know, really tasteful nude charcoal sketches and things. So, So that's the kind of thing that you should be looking for. Also, somebody, I mean, bread and butter taste in sex is fairly obvious it's like the guy who stares at you and just looks blatantly at your breast and your whatnot you know the people who stare at the obvious bits and you know are the ones that probably aren't going to be the most explorative erotic lovers so look for somebody who sort of seems to com- you know compliment you on things that aren't the normal areas that aren't your usual erogenous zones but I always think the biggest giveaway with somebody on how they're going to be in bed is how they eat I think it's so true that the best lovers are hedonists. They like, you know, the, all the all the pleasures that life has for us. So people who are really finickety about food, assuming you don't have some kind of, you know, health complaint that makes you sort of picky about food, but somebody who doesn't enjoy eating, doesn't really get into food, who, you know, I always think that they probably aren't going to let go in other areas. And I think somebody who's really experimental into quite exotic fare and the litmus test, of course, do they share their food with you and do they feed you food? I think somebody who feeds you food, I think that's an incredibly erotic thing to do. So the other thing that you don't really say in the original question, what the sex was like with these people. Now, whether it, I'm assuming, I don't know, maybe wrongly, that maybe they're a bit too kinky for you. I didn't, I kind of got that impression. So if you want to try and spot a kink or a fetish, which of course is impossible a lot of the time, but you can sometimes spot somebody who's into BDSM or tie-up or power games, often will like tie lots of things around their wrist or their neck. You'll often find they wear lots of chokers or, you know, tons of the guys who are into it wear lots of leather bracelets. Women who wear corsets as, you know, as outerwear are often into that type of sex. Obviously, broad generalization, there are loads of people who are into BDSM who don't do this, but it is a bit of a hint. Also, look at what they're looking at with you and what they focus on. Like somebody's got a foot fetish and you meet some guy who's abnormally interested in your shoes and your feet, well, you know, it means you've got a foot fetish. And people generally, if they've got some kind of bent, will kind of bring it up because they are as interested in matching with you sexually as you are with them. So say they're into spanking, you know, they'll they'll very quickly say something like, so did you watch those spanking scenes in Fifty Shades? What did you think of them? You know, or if you watch porn together, they'll be steering you towards that spanking category. Or they'll just make a big joke and say, I wonder what you'd do if I spanked you on the bottom right now. They, people give themselves away if you give them enough time to give themselves away. So To go right back to the start and to follow up with that is just wait for a bit. Wait for a bit, look for cues, look for all the clues, and all the clues are there. You just have to wait and look for them. Did that make sense? It made total sense. I also feel like this links back to your 
question that you answered that I found completely fascinating about all the things you can tell from a kiss and how that you can extrapolate so much and how it's sort of biology's way of matching you with someone else. So yeah, 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 no, it is that biological business card. And you can tell by people's body language too, like whether they're going to be controlling in bed or whether they're going to be, you know, you see those, these, oh my God, I can't bear to watch it when they, when I see this. You know, you see couples walking along and the guy's got the girl almost in a headlock. He's got his arm around her neck, like, and it's just sort of he's hanging onto it like that, and she's stuck in there. It's like, why would you do that to someone? And those type of men are so controlling. So if a guy does that to you, he's going to be very controlling in bed as well because you're always controlling in bed and out of bed. Very rarely goes the other way unless you've taken it to fetish or something. Anyway. Wow. So, yeah. You can, there are clues and everything. That was so interesting. I love this. I mean, I learn so much every time. It's so interesting the way you think about things. I don't know. I just hadn't. I'm going to be watching how every man eats from now on. Watch out. Every dinner party. I'm going to send you one of my thoughts because remember I did loads on body language because I did a TV show where I was the body language expert. Yeah. And so I wrote two books on flirting and body language. And it was so interesting. So, so interesting. They're not in print anymore, but they are really. And they one of them called Super Flirt was one of my most successful books. So it was really interesting that it was. Except some countries don't like flirting they see it as something that's not not like almost like prick teasing huh. like don't see flirting as oh. charming or or being playful they see it as something else so it didn't get picked up by all the territories which I thought was also interesting that is really interesting huh. yeah. all there right sex tip of the week Tracy all right sex tip of the week I think that this is something that we we neglect in relationships in that when in the beginning of a relationship Everything's focused on fun. And then as you get serious, all of a sudden the relationship goes from being fun to functional. You stop having laying in bed all day on a Sunday having sex and you start worrying about the mortgage. And, you know, we get very serious about life when we get serious about relationships. And what happens is if you don't have fun with your partner, sex is boring and not fun either because what's happening outside of the bedroom is also gets taken through to the bedroom. So if you want to have fun in bed, you need to be having fun in real life. And when relationships go from fun to fun, functional you don't kind of notice it because it happens over a period of time but when you get people who say I don't know what happened we just fell out of love that's generally what has happened is that they've just gone too much into the seriousness bit I wonder also if it has anything to do with just how much time you spend like everybody's talking about the pandemic and like being trapped with their partners and all this stuff and isn't there something too to like you know like let's say I'm eating like the most amazing chocolate cake every single meal it might, like, there have been diminishing returns, right? After a while, that same chocolate cake won't taste quite as good. Maybe it's, like, mm. maybe that's the secret of marriage. We need to, like, you know, not, I don't, I don't know. What, have separateness and have... No, just, like, little breaks are good. Like, sometimes you don't oh, eat yes. every meal, and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong, but you just need to, like, regroup or something. I don't know. I think that was the, that, I think that's the bit that all couples have struggled with with the pandemic, is that there's no separation. Your partner's there all the time. And even if you're in a... The, biggest mansion in the world and you're right in one wing and they're in another wing you feel them don't you it's like you can feel when you're not on your own and and we need time on our own we need time on our own we need time with you know our friends minus our partner as well as time with our partner and with other people and stuff it's very important especially for sex actually especially for sex 
All right. Well, thanks, Tracy. Another thanks. fantastic episode. I hope people listening enjoy this as much as I enjoy doing it. I think it's so fun and, and, and I love listening to you. I could listen oh, to you all day. Awesome. Well, I love doing it too. Sometimes I forget that there are people actually listening and we go off on tangents, but hopefully people don't mind. Yeah. I'm sure they don't. I'm still looking every every episode this week that we've been recording. Every time I'm talking to Zippy and then the sun comes up and there's this beautiful light that comes in and sort of casts your face in such a lovely glow. And I'm oh, so envious. It looks you. beautiful though. Oh, gorgeous. Anyway, I'm going to Greece next week and it's going to happen. So I shall have also so have fun. some sunshine. I'll be yes. thinking of you. Enjoy it. Have fun at the wedding and yep. have a great time. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. 